Get your blue hymnal, and we are going to sing number 468. 468. Now, I have a philosophy. If it's going to be this cold, it might as well snow. What do you all think? Why not? There is not a drop of snow in our forecast. I don't know if you've looked. I mean, honestly, we could go, I think we're going to go all winter without any snow. I bet we are. I bet we're close. They said 6 to 12 inches, but I, for the total, we'll pray for snow. Now, if it snows, you know whose fault it is. I was just talking about it. He's praying. <laughs> we're going to sing number 468. Let's sing. <clears throat> Five hundred and twelve. <clears throat> there we go. Five hundred and twelve. 
song. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. 450, 450. And if you can, let's go ahead and stand. 450. There will never be a sweeter story, story of the Savior's love divine, love that brought him from the realms of glory, just to save a sinful soul like mine. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful it is to be? Boundless as the Turn the air conditioner on. <laughs> it's warm in here, isn't it? The heat's not on, so it tells you there's too many children in the basement. <laughs> so here's the deal. You know, count your blessings, name them one by one. Every blessing has a complimentary challenge. And so these children are putting off too much heat. <laughs> I will say this, it was, it was a good day. I appreciate Brother Jimmy and Erica and all that they do, all the, all the folks, and uh, we're just so thankful. Everybody who jumped in and helped today, uh, last night, uh, just uh, honestly, I, I wanted to go last night and just couldn't, and um, uh, I was jealous because they were making gingerbread houses, and I don't know why, but I think that's cool, don't you? Let's make gingerbread houses tonight. How about that? Do we have the supplies? <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, that looked really fun, and, and I will tell you, the people who we had opportunity to go minister in song, it was a blessing, and so we just thank you so much. You should have just seen Sharon. She was grinning ear to ear, and 
she got to give potato chips to everybody, so they really enjoyed that. It's really kind of awkward, 15 hands in one bag of potato chips at the same time. No, she didn't do that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, she was really enjoying it, and so we praise the Lord for that. That's really what this season is about, right? It's about kind of us, our families and our church and our opportunities to minister. And, and uh, Saturday, of course, we had the parade, and so we praise the Lord for that. But, uh, you know, the kids were having fun handing out candy, you know. But a lot of the adults were really enjoying getting into the crowd and, hey, go give one to that one, go give one to that one. And the ladies did a tremendous job putting the tracks on the candy. And, and uh, I, I can confess I did not eat one Reese's peanut butter cup. Amen. Now, I encouraged a couple others to do it. <laughs> you ate one? Okay, confession right here. Anybody else want to confess? <laughs> I, 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 I made somebody eat one. Who was it? I, it was Emily? And, uh, and she's not here. Oh, no, it's bad. <laughs> no, I, I asked Emily to because, to be honest with you, you guys ever bought chocolate and it, you think it's good and you think it's fresh and then it turns out to have freezer burn or white spots or whatever, you know, and it's like, ugh. And, I just, and Emily's was fresh. You all be glad to know. Was yours fresh? Good, very good. All right. <laughs> you should have said no. I'd have got you another one. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to receive our evening offerings if our men will come to receive those. Do remember, next week is Fellowship Sunday, and uh, pray for the Christmas program. Listen, I don't have any any problem. I'm I'm probably just going to preach a, a regular sermon, and we'll have uh, well, hopefully it'll be a special sermon. Okay, but um, but just we've had so much sickness and so many people out and, and stuff like that. We will have some special music, but not as much as I had hoped. But uh, just uh, be in prayer for that. Be inviting. We are going to have a lot of people, and so try to come early if you can. Uh, we'll get set up and, and, and everything. And so looking forward to a special uh, week next week. So, Brother Jim, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing in the offering. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this Christmas season. We can reflect on mm. the tremendous sacrifice that we gave just in coming down Thank you so much for uh, doing all that. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for us. And Lord, it's just amazing to think God, we really, truly don't deserve any of this. And Lord, uh, you gave it to us anyway, and I thank you for that. Lord, I do pray for this uh, this offering. I pray, Lord, that you just bless the gift of the giver. I pray that uh, you just uh, bless the message we're about to hear as well. Yes. Amen. Seven, number 97. There's a song in the air, there's a star in the 
you to turn with me to a couple places and and uh, we'll get some context here. Uh, first of all, I want to start in Proverbs chapter 1, if you would. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. There we go. All right. Who wrote the book of Proverbs? I hear a lot of whispering. Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon, Solomon okay, and others. I mean, uh, Hezekiah, he wrote it. Hezekiah assembled it. And, uh, and then others contributed to it. Some people that uh, we don't know as well, but uh, others contributed to it. What is a proverb? What is a proverb? What's a, a wise saying. Do we have Proverbs in America? Can anybody think of a proverb in America? Test your knowledge here. What's that? Penny saved is a penny earned. Very good. Got another one? By the way, what's that mean? You don't waste a penny, you don't have to earn a penny. Very good. Okay. Penny saved is penny earned. Give me another one. Come on, guys. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and I think what that means is what goes up must come down. That's good. That's good. Uh, the same guy who said that says, a stitch in time saves nine. What's that one mean? Somebody help me with that one. A stitch in time saves nine. Yeah, excellent. We don't darn our socks anymore, okay? But uh, it used to be that they would take not just and wash the socks, but whenever the socks started to fall apart, they would uh, do what was called darning, and uh, they would take and they would sew them up to take and to make sure that they didn't rip or fall apart. So a stitch in time saves nine, nine stitches, if you will. That's the way I understand that one, too. Anybody got another one? Ooh, that's good. That sounds like your father's saying. <laughs> if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Amen, that's good. By the way, who, who said most of these things that we're talking about here? I don't know who said that one. <laughs> I'm sure it's been said, though. Who said it? John Wayne. John Wayne, the only one I got, I have a John Wayne poster in my, in my garage that was bought to me by Brother Harbin because I told him I loved this saying. But it says this, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is being afraid and saddling up anyway. And uh, I have that in, hanging in my garage because I just never want to forget that. Um, but most of these that we just talked about, most of them were in Poor Richard's Almanac, was written by Ben Franklin, okay? And so a lot of American proverbs come to us from Ben Franklin and Sir Richard's Almanac. They've, they've uh, endured the ages, if you will. And if you will, it's, it's a form of wisdom literature, a proverb is. Because the whole idea behind it is to get you to think and to have wisdom, okay? It's not about memorizing a stitch in time saves nine. It's about adapting the principle that says, you know what, just fix it before it falls apart any further. 
Have you ever seen somebody drive the wheels off a thing and you have to, you have to take and throw it away when you're done? You, you understand? But if you maintain it, uh, the Napa Auto Parts had a different way of saying the very same thing. You guys remember this? Anybody in the 70s? What did he say? You remember? Okay, it was about buying oil filters. Pay me now or pay me later. That was from Napa Auto Parts. Let's see where we get our wonderful sayings. Amen. But it made you think, thinking about this. Listen, if you don't maintain your car, you're going to pay a mechanic to change your engine. Okay? And so the whole point is this. Is uh, it, wisdom literature helps you to engage your brain. It helps you to apply some principles to your life. And it, and it puts it in a memorable form. Every culture and every nation has them. Okay? Uh, I'm sure the American Indians had them. I'm sure if you were to travel around this planet, each culture and each nation would have their own. And I have others, but I didn't memorize any others, okay? But um, they, they do adapt. Anybody here ever heard of the, uh, the um, riddle of the Sphinx? Anybody know that one? That one might be a little bit harder for you to know. You've heard it, because I'm going to tell it to you here in a second. And uh, you, you're going to say, oh, I know that one. But the riddle of the Sphinx, where's the Sphinx? In Egypt, okay? So this is from Egypt, Okay. And the riddle of the Sphinx was this, is, uh, is it, it tells how the Sphinx got where it was, okay? But anyhow, it said this, it said there was a, uh, a man who learned how to talk, okay? And he learned how to walk. And when he learned how to walk, he learned how to walk on four legs, on two legs, and on three legs. What am I? Apparently, you don't know the riddle of the Sphinx. I am man, because as a man, I take and I begin walking on all fours. Then I stand up and I walk on all twos. And in the end, I have a cane and I walk on all threes. You guys understand? Okay. And so riddles are also ways. How many of y'all like riddles? You know, when we were younger, people used to, t when's the last time you heard a riddle? I mean, nobody says riddles anymore. And the whole idea was you'd have to think about it, think about it, and, oh, I know what that is, and you'd, you'd take and guess. Honestly, how many of y'all have ever been told a riddle? Okay, everybody can raise your hand now because I just told you one. <laughs> okay, all right. But you don't usually see those or hear those, but quite often you will, I can think of another one. Is there a case in the Bible where somebody gave a riddle? Samson gave a riddle, and you remember that? And he expected them to think about it. He expected to be more clever than them. You remember they only got the answer by asking, uh, what's her name? Delilah. Okay, you remember they only figured out the answer by asking Delilah. But he gave them enough information that if they thought about it, they could have come up with the answer. My whole point is this, is, if you will, God in his word has given us the Proverbs partly as a tool to train our mind. Now, notice what he says the goal of the Proverbs are. In verses 1 through 7, the Bible tells us, or 1 through 9, excuse me. No, one th anyhow. Uh, yeah, let's go all the way to verse 9. The Bible says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction. What's the purpose of Proverbs? Say it with me. To know Wisdom and instruction, okay, well, then he takes and he delineates that further. He says to perceive the words of understanding. So when you hear things, you understand. He says to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. By the way, what's equity? <coughs> Talk to me here. 
Anybody got an idea? What's equity? That is what we call it today, okay? Equity is like how much of your house you actually own, okay? You have debt and equity, okay? What's that? Yeah, well, usually we, we associate equity with fairness. What is fair, okay? And by the way, sometimes you have to think about what is fair. I would tell you, especially disciplining children. You got two kids and, you know, uh, you make a judgment and the first kid that feels violated is going to say, Dad, that's not fair, okay? And so we need wisdom sometimes as parents to take and to make the right decisions because they're going to be able to come back with that right claim, Dad, that's not equitable, that's not fair. Okay, And so the Bible says that if you'll think about Proverbs, if you'll think about these things, your mind will be trained to, and enable you to be able to do these things. The Bible says to give subtlety to the simple. By the way, that word subtlety, can anybody think of when that's used in the Bible? The devil, the serpent was more subtle than all the creatures, amen, or all, all the creation. And it, it literally means this, his mind was quicker and he was able to deceive. Now let me ask you a question. Do we still live in a world where the devil's trying to deceive us? Have you ever been given a set, a set of facts and you can't get your mind around it? And, and the Bible says that you train your mind with Proverbs. He'll give you subtlety, the ability to take and to see those arguments that confuse, if you will. And that's exactly what happened with uh, the devil and Eve, okay? And so if you will, the Bible says you study these things, I'll give you subtlety. I'll give you the ability to take and to think your way around these things. By the way, not for the purpose of deceiving somebody, but for the purpose of exposing the deception. Amen. The Bible says further, it says, uh, uh, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge, and chapter 7 is all about a young man that sees a fair woman on the other side of the street. And at the end of the chapter, the, the wise man walks on the other side, says, leave her alone. Why? That's trouble over there. Is that discretion? Folks, there's sometimes you do some things, and I'll give you this. Folks, everybody, if you will, look at that window right there. Everybody know what that window is there for? It's so that Brother, uh, what's your husband's name? Brother Don, thank you. <laughs> And so Brother Don can see me and say, turn it up. That is not why that window's there, guys. <laughs> that window's there for if I'm ever in there counseling with anybody, if I'm counseling with a young person or with a lady. And by the way, usually if there's a lady in there, my wife's in there. You say, well, does she have to be in there? Yep. Is there some kind of rule in the Bible? Nope. Is it discreet? Yes. You guys understand? And the Bible says that when we take, and again, when we focus on these Proverbs, that God will take and give us discretion to know what is right, what is proper, what is appropriate. The Bible says this. Can you all say it with me? A wise man, say it, will hear. I will tell you, <clears throat> because of the way that I preach, I'm fairly certain I've covered most of this book in 30 years. Okay? And, uh, and yet sometimes you'll see people that somehow completely ignore things that have been said. Why? Well, please take this the right way. 
and everybody look at me, even the tired ones. You have a choice whether to hear me or not. What kind of what kind of person? By the way, hopefully you're not just hearing me. Hopefully we're hearing from the Lord tonight, right? Okay, it's not my opinions that matter. But the Bible says a wise man will hear. Okay, it's one of the reasons. And listen, I know I know some of you guys are tired, and so I'm not criticizing. But uh, I will tell you this: that um, uh, you don't see me sit in the pews very often. I will just say that if I'm picking, okay, you're sitting in my seat. Okay, because that's where I like to sit. I like to sit on the right-hand side, third row back. You're not so close that you're sitting in their lap, but you're close enough that you don't have to worry about any distractions. This is where I like to sit, okay? And um, here's the way I sit. I don't, I, don't, I don't sit like this, by and large, okay? For, for one thing, we're not here to relax. Amen? And here's how I usually sit, and I'm sure I look very uncomfortable, but here's how I sit in my chair, okay? And the reason for that is this, is because when I come to hear preaching, I come to hear the preaching. And I try to give my full attention, okay? And um, when I was in seminary, um, I would work until, uh, I think it was from noon till 6 o'clock in the afternoon, Church started at 7 o'clock, so you barely had time to grab something and go to church. And uh, when church was over, I would go and I would study till sometimes 2 in the morning. And then, of course, you had to get up at about 6, 6.30 to make it to school that started at 7.30. Okay, I don't know why anybody has classes at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay. And so to be honest with you, you know, there were times I was living on four hours sleep. How many of y'all... Know that in your adult life, there's times where life's just like that, okay? But it was Wednesday night. And I also knew this, that I was going to be a preacher someday, okay? And I don't know about you, but I believe, you can call it whatever you want to, but we'll call it this, what goes around comes around, okay? And I always felt like if I fall asleep on my pastor, people are going to fall asleep on me. And I, I will, I'll walk an aisle and go like this, won't I? I mean, I, I don't do it very often because you guys usually don't do that to me. Okay, but my whole point is this, is why do I sit in such an uncomfortable position? My attitude was if I did fall asleep, I was going to bang my head on the... <laughs> I'm serious about that. That's the reason I sat that way. So if I did fall asleep, I'd... <laughs> Amen! You know, you didn't want to vote on anything, you know, right away. But <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, uh, why? I, we come to here. And please take this the right way. Sometimes people come just to check mark. Okay? If you're going to invest all that it takes to be here, you might as well listen. Amen? A wise man is going to, he's going to have discretion. He's going he's to hear. He's going to listen. Amen? Uh, somebody help me. Where was I? The Bible says in verse 6, that to understand a proverb and to interpretation, the words of the wise and the dark sayings, uh, I think I went too far. Where did I go? Yeah, verse 5. I'm sorry. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, meaning that he's going to be able to understand harder and harder riddles in life. He's going to be able to use, he's going to have subtlety of mind. He's going to be able to figure things out, okay? And I will promise you this. The first time you read the Bible, it's just a story to you. 
But as you take and, and these things become a part of you, you, you begin to get the tools and the insights and the, hey, this applies to this and this applies to that. And you get a wisdom when you look into the, the word of God. And instead of it being words printed on a page, sometimes it takes and it becomes a picture in your mind. You all understand? And there's a huge difference between the two. And the Bible says when you give yourself to this, he'll give you those tools and those abilities to take and to grow in the things of God. The Bible says in verse 6 now, to understand a proverb and the interpretation and the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Meaning, not dark in the sense of sinister, but dark in the sense of hard to discern. You guys understand? Uh, and, and so he says, this is why that we give ourselves to these proverbs and to these riddles, if you will, and to these difficult sayings. Verse 7, he, he goes on to expand. I just do this by way of explanation. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, how many of y'all know this? Ignorance of the law is... Some of y'all haven't been arrested enough here. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, meaning this, that, that first off, if you passed your driver's test, you should know the law, Right? And playing stupid isn't going to get you out of a ticket. You guys understand? And so that's kind of the principle that he's talking about here. By the way, that's what a lot of times whenever a preacher is using illustrations and stuff, they're trying to conjure a picture in your mind to enable the ability to understand the difficult saying. Okay? And so, again, these are kind of sentence pictures help to, to open up our understanding. Notice what the second half of that says, because we always quote the first half, okay? But the second half says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Y'all got that? Fools despise wisdom and... Well, don't tell me what to do. And, and, and listen, people will actually get mad at you or angry at you when you love them enough to tell you the truth. You know, the Bible says this. The Bible says, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's true. Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And I will tell you, sometimes things get said that you might not understand. Anybody want to confess this? When you were younger, some things made you mad? That now that you're older, you went, boy, I wish I'd learned that when I was younger. And somebody had the courage and the understanding. And by the way, it takes courage to teach truth. Somebody had the courage and the understanding to tell you the truth, and you said, I don't want to hear it. Why? Well, you're contradicting something that I want. You're contradicting something that I want. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son. Jimmy, if I, if I came down here and I said, son, do you think I'd be insulting you? Take this the right way. I mean, Jimmy's an old man. We know that because, you know, look at him. <laughs> Just joking. But I am older. I'm in a different position. I'm in a position of authority in your life. You would acknowledge that. And if I came and, and I came down here and I, and, I, and, I, and I put my hand on your shoulder and I, I just said, son, what do you think would come out of my mouth next? Probably doing something wrong. Maybe some words of love. You're not going to want to hear this, but I love you enough to tell you this. Do you see that in the words that, that Solomon is speaking right now? Mm -hmm. My son, 
okay? My son, by the way, did his son grow up to be a wise man or a fool? What was his son's name? Well, he had a lot of sons. Rehoboam was his son's name. Was his son a wise man or a fool? His son was a fool. Anybody know who his mother was? His mother was an Ammonitess, not a Jewish woman. And in that home, there was a division between the ways of God and Solomon and the ways of the Ammonite. You guys ever heard this wisdom saying, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. How about this one? Party hard and leave a beautiful corpse. But those are proverbs of this world. I can go get you the bumper sticker right now. Which one do you think really cares for your soul? And you have one saying, avoid alcohol. It is a strong, help me know, strong, help me know, strong what drink? Wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. And the other one says, ah, have a good time while you're young. It's in the same house. And the child now has to discern, do I want to be wise or do I want to be foolish? And can I tell you what Rehoboam chose? He saw the worst in his father and instead of listening to the best of his father, and by the way, we all have our best days and our worst days. And instead of seeing the best in his father, he excused the worst in his father. Well, you got a thousand, you know, 700 concubines, 700 wives, 300 concubines. That's a thousand wives. Well, I can, you, know, you can do that. I can do that. Oh, okay. If, if you've manipulated people and gotten your way, I can do that. Remember that? He said this. He says, listen, hey, I'm going to take it. If my dad has a finger like this, he says, I'm going to make my finger like this. Remember that? And the old man said, you better listen to these people. And the young man said, do what you want, you're king. Amen. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to the wisdom of this book and the wisdom of this world, well, the wisdom of this book is going to win out. The wisdom of this book is going to win out. The Bible says further, it says, again, my son, just think about the word of compassion that he has there. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Jimmy, if I walked up to you and I looked you close in the eyes and I said, my son, listen to your pastor. Amen? Sunday school teachers, have you ever had to do that? My son, listen to me, please. Please. One of the things that could be looking back at him is they could be saying, oh, well, you did this, and you did this, and you did this. Oh, I understand. Please forgive me. But would you please listen to me on this one? That's what I hear in those verses right there. My son, he says, uh, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. And, of course, he's, he's talking about... Uh, wonderful decorated life meaning what if you'll listen to God you get some wonderful trophies 
Now, they might not be all shiny and sparkly and the ones everybody else wants, but they'll be the ones that last and make a difference. Amen. Could you go with me to Romans chapter 1? Romans chapter 1. Uh, help me for a second here. and I, Here's what I want you to think about as we turn there. Can Proverbs help even a lost person? Yeah, amen. We'll talk about that. Romans chapter 1, you're familiar with this, but the Bible says, um, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, okay? Meaning what? Folks, remember how that God said, if you'll study the Proverbs, I'll open dark sayings to you? Okay? So what he's saying is, I'll make it so you can see. And their foolish heart is saying, I'm making it so I can't see. You guys see it? Okay. The Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Amen? Didn't we just read about that? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. Verse 24, just to save time, the Bible says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, Meaning that if you want to do something that's wrong, then do it, do whatever, okay? I don't know why God allows that. I, I think I could preach a pretty good sermon about it, okay? But here's, here's, here's the point. God's not going to force us to do anything. If you want to go down that path, I've warned you against it, but if you want to go, go. But this is a lot better path. This is a lot better path. Amen? The Bible says uh, in verse 24, they gave themselves up to uncleanness, to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Uh, verse 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Amen? In verse 28, the Bible says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a, what's what I say? reprobate mind. And you've heard me preach about this, so I'm not going to take and pound on it. But he says, if you want to pursue unwise things, I'm going to make it so your brain don't work anymore. How many of y'all remember how long it used to be between school semesters? Now, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Between homeschooling and summer school, most kids today go to school constantly. Okay, they, they, they're, they're just always in school, okay? But those of us who are old, and we can brag to our kids here a little bit, how many of y'all remember what summer break used to be? Three months. Let me ask you a question. Can you forget everything you ever knew in three months? <laughs> All the old people are going, yep. <laughs> that first week of school was always the worst because they would start hitting you with stuff. You're like, I forgot how to do that. And I would tell you, because of that, there would be times that in the summertime, I used to play a little baseball game with myself, and I would roll dice, and I would play these silly games, and I would just run a bracket, okay, and I had re-entries and everything, and I'd have a champion, and I'd name all the players, and I'd get all excited when my guy won and real mad when my guy lost. It sounds stupid, because it was. But you know why I did it? I did it because I never wanted to lose my ability with math. Okay. Well, guys, 
How long does it take to lose our edge as Christians? Amen? And God is saying, I give you these proverbs so that if you do like to retain me in your knowledge, I've given you something to think about, something to chew on, chew on to make you where you can see through the subtlety of this world. I'll give you some wisdom and I'll give you some knowledge and I'll give you some understanding that this world can't have. Amen. If you'll just think on these things. Amen. The sad truth is the Bible says right there, it says they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So they stopped thinking about it. Anybody here ever heard of, uh, now I will tell you this, and I'll confess this. I usually don't use commentaries, but part of the motivation for this message, I've, I've been reading a good commentary about Proverbs, and he used an illustration of how that even lost people, if they'll exercise these gifts, will have the discernment to see what is foolish and what is true. Does anybody ever heard of the, the, the religion called Christian science? Okay, what, what do you know mostly about Christian science? Anything, just some detail. They basically don't believe in medicine. They don't believe in blood transfusions, if I remember right. And quite often they used to make news because some kid would be dying because the parents wouldn't want their kid to have a blood transfusion. And that's all based on a philosophy by the woman who started the religion, Mary Baker Eddy. Okay? And Mary Baker Eddy said that pain was a mental condition. Okay? You guys ever heard of a guy named uh, Samuel Clemens? What's, it, what's his pen name? Mark Twain. Is he a big Christian? No, he's a big atheist. Okay? And he actually, in mocking, wrote, a, wrote an illustration that was put in this commentary I was reading. I read it all the way through. And apparently, the, this is his premise. I'm just going to hit you with it and just show you how silly things are. A man went hiking. He fell off a mountain. He rolled down. He broke his arm, his leg, and something else. Bones are poking out and everything like this, okay? And uh, they take him to the hospital, and they say the doctor's not in, but we'll have a, a, a Christian science doctor come in the next day. And So, of course, anybody here ever broken a bone? It hurts when it happens, but can I tell you this? It really hurts the next day. If you've ever done it, it really hurts the next day. Amen. And so he's laying in his bed, and this Christian scientist comes, and he says, I'm hurting. And she goes, no, you're not. Why? Because it's just a state of mind. I have a bone poking through my flesh. No, you don't. If you don't think about it, it's not real. Okay. Went on, it went on for like three, chapter, three pages. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. Can, you. can you imagine being in a hospital, and somebody says, well, your leg really doesn't hurt, and you're looking at a compound fracture. That means your bone's sticking out. Okay, how many of y'all think it might hurt? <laughs> it's a little bit. Okay, here's the whole thing. Well, if you just, if you just think it away, I, I hate to get carnal on you now. Anybody here know the think method from the music man? You don't need to know music. You just think it and you can play it. You guys aren't cultural. <laughs> Please forgive me for bringing that one up anyhow. My whole point is this, you know what, even Samuel Clemens could look at that and say, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Folks, we're living in a world today where they're slowly but surely trying to do all they can to indoctrinate our children to stop thinking. <coughs> so much so that a university president had to resign this week because she got 
before Congress. She was the president of Penn University. And she got before Congress and couldn't admit that Hamas had committed atrocities against Israel. You guys know what Hamas did? Would you call them atrocities? She couldn't get herself to admit it. Now, please take this the right way. She finally faced an authority. She is now facing a consequence, and she had to resign. Having said that, she's still an employee of that university. She's a law professor. And folks, how many of y'all would like to sit in her class when she says, God is dead, and if you don't say God is dead, how many of y'all have seen that movie? If you don't say God is dead, you fail my class. And because nobody is willing to stand up and push back anymore, they're slowly turning these children's brains off so that they don't even have the ability to understand when they're being lied to anymore. Amen? How many of y'all think God wants that for us? He doesn't want it for us. You know how I know that? Did y'all read Proverbs chapter 1 with me? The whole purpose for the proverb. And I will promise you, there's some Proverbs in there. And you're like, what in the world? The Bible says, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this. The Bible says, uh, treat somebody exactly how you treated them, or they treated you. And then the next verse, the very next verse says, don't treat somebody the way they treat you. What's that mean? <laughs> Come on, help me. Don't leave me hanging. I know I'm paraphrasing here, but is there a verse that says that? You guys familiar with it? Okay, so don't, uh, don't uh, answer a fool according to his, that's how it says, folly. And then the next one says, answer a fool according to his folly. Y'all with me? Doesn't it sound contradictory? Both are scripture. Both are true. What do they mean? I think it's the same fool. Yeah. How, how many of y'all have ever been ridiculed? What's another word for make, ridiculed? Make fun of somebody. So when they're making fun of you, should you make fun of them? No, don't answer a fool according to his folly. You see? But when they say something stupid, somebody's got to say something. So answer a fool according to his folly. You guys understand? Two completely different ideas... They look like they're contradictory, and I'll promise you this, I didn't come to that conclusion just by reading it. I, I, I came to that conclusion by running the riddle through my mind and going, what does that mean, and working it out and sweating over that and going, no, I understand. If he treats me bad, don't treat him bad back. But if he says something stupid, you've got to take and stand up for what is right. Why? Your children might be watching. Your friend might be watching. Listen, somebody's there. Somebody needs to stand up. But don't use their tactics and don't use their methods. That's one reason I stopped watching Sean Hannity. I just can't stand watching the guy. Why? Because he thinks he wins arguments by arguing the same way that they argue with him. Well, folks, rhetoric against rhetoric is just noise. But reasoning, we can reason. Hey, you want to reason? Let's reason. Amen. Are you getting my burden tonight? Folks, we're living in a world today where we need to turn on the brain, and God has given us a tool to do it, and we can do it in bite-sized pieces, where that when we go from Sunday to Sunday, we don't have to forget the whole message, because we can take that little thing and keep it churning, and it's just like me doing those stupid math puzzles in the summertime. 
Because then when they gave you the homework on the first day, you hadn't forgotten everything that you had learned in the previous year, and you were ready to go. Folks, how often do we need to be ready to go to face the subtlety of the devil? Every day. Could we say every hour? Every minute of the day. Is anybody here ever alone with your thoughts? Is it a struggle for you? As a man thinketh in his heart. And yet, the Bible tells us in Philippians, whatsoever things are pure. You guys, some of y'all know it better than me. Was it whatsoever things are lovely, pure, right, just? You guys know that? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on how many of y'all are guilty of thinking about those things all the time? No? <laughs> how many of y'all are guilty about worrying about your worries? And God says, I've given you a tool where the devil can't come in and give you an ulcer, take away your joy, take away your peace, take away your hope. Come on. Because see, the devil, devil he's subtle. And God says, if you'll keep your mind sharp, I'll give you the subtlety that you need to combat him. Amen. And he's done that with the book of Proverbs. How many Proverbs are there? I don't, I don't know how many there are. How many chapters of Proverbs are there? What's the most number of days in a month? You can read one proverb a day. One chapter. And I, to be honest with you, I've read them all many times. But I will tell you this. I'll read until one strikes me. I'll read until one strikes me and then I'll meditate on that one. Okay? And if you need to read them, read them. But at the very least, say, God, give me one for my mind to chew on all day. Why? So that I'm thinking on good, right, pure, lovely, virtuous. Amen. And we can overcome. I preached a couple weeks ago about this time of year being a time for a lot of depression. I've told you I've had to take two phone calls this week. What do we do? How do we help? Okay. And I know many of you have faced these things. Folks, we need to be ready with an answer. That every man that asketh us of the hope that lieth within us. And we need to be mentally and spiritually sharp. And God has given us a tool to do just that. Let's all stand. We're going to sing 416. Listen, if the Lord's touched your heart, burdened your heart, let me encourage you to come. 416. So send us.